Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hi. Hi, Sonia. Hi, hi. I was getting a coffee today, like an iced coffee, and I made eye contact with just like this woman. You know when you just like look over and she like walked past me and she was like, I'm a big fan. (laughs) She whispered it. Well, I guess you don't want to like say it out loud. That's even more creepy. I don't think it's creepy. Imagine someone being in your ear, like what I imagine is someone in your ear whispering, I'm a huge fan. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Like little words of encouragement. Guys, like words of affirmation is my love language. So I'm not creeped out by it. But I was like, thank you. Like, do you work in this building? Because it was like a big office building that like was a shared space. And she was like, no, I like, work in the hospital. I'm like a mental health worker. And I had to stop myself from saying thank you for your service. <laughs> I was like, it's not COVID anymore. <laughs> oh, no. It's wholesome. I just like being negative. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <sighs> What are we chatting about today? We are talking about something that makes me very happy, which is also something that we keep getting a lot of messages about. You might have seen the title already. If you want to be happier, should you be spending money on saving time rather than increasing income? Which, you know, I think it's a controversial topic. And let me just say this is within like a big bubbled nuance of if you are someone that is living paycheck to paycheck and you are trying to decide between groceries and rent, then this episode might like aggravate you because it's not as applicable. If you don't have money to spend on freeing up your time and you're actually just in survival mode right now, we have episodes for that. And I think that's a very different scenario. But if you're listening to this and going, you know what, Sim, I just got a pay rise and I'm still not happy or I've just started investing and my investments are doing well, but I still feel stressed. I've just started my business and yet I'm more busier than ever. I think you might gain a few things from this episode, but I would hate for someone to be like, I'm trying to decide between food and water. Like this is really tone deaf. Our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETF, and funds. Plus, integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSight offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the Investi Besties out there, ShareSight is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSight now and transform your investment experience. I think that's important to be said that we are thinking of everyone. I would still say that, you know, listen to the episode, keep an open mind because I think we'll provide a few great gems because we're talking about how to spend money and what the research shows. And if you are living paycheck to paycheck, but then you like look around you and you just see all these items around you and you don't see value in them, 
then maybe that's where this conversation can come in and feedback is always welcomed in terms of how we're coming across. I know in general, I'm always a little bit, I don't want to say sassy. I don't think that's like the right word, but I feel like sometimes I lack a seriousness, but I'm glad you said that because I do think of everyone every day and it's something that revolves around my overthinking patterns and guilt. So don't you worry, hun. I am thinking of you. Sonia's like, I already feel guilty for what I'm about to say. (laughs) I actually don't. You don't? I've personally got a few things to say that I think will make people feel better. (laughs) So I do just want to start off with chatting about Ashley Wylands, who is a professor at Harvard Business School. She has done a lot of articles and essays and podcasts and just stories and interviews about how her research has helped prove that if you spend money to save time, that you're happier than if you spend money on materialistic things. Sim is going to go into more of the study and the research behind it, but as she was researching, there was an example of this woman called Linda Jones. She is a critical care nurse in Indianapolis in the US and she's retired now but she's been hiring a housekeeper ever since she graduated college so for years and years and years and years and she attributes that service that she has been paying for all these years that it's the one thing that keeps her from burning out because she has such a high stress job she also has a grocery delivery service so those are the examples that we're talking about when we're saying spend money on saving time, she wouldn't even be working a 40-hour week. She's probably working like 50 or 60 hours a week. And if she has to come home and then expel energy on, oh my God, there's so many things that I haven't done around the house. I have to think about going grocery shopping. She's going to use more energy to do those things because it's things that she kind of has to do. But then she has less time to do things that she maybe wants to do in terms of hobbies, in terms of just resting, in terms of watching her favorite show. At least she can come home and know that her house is clean. There's going to be food in the fridge and it's a delivery service that also like (laughs) puts her food in the fridge and puts her, I guess, like grocery items that are non-refrigerated in like particular places of the pantry. Like it's all sorted. It's not like she has to go home and then like figure out where to put like her groceries as well because that's also energy and I think she is working so hard she is a healthcare worker you know she's been doing this since she's gone out of college the grocery delivery service came a little bit later but I think if anyone were to guilt her on that why she's literally taking care of people for a living let someone take care of her as well so yeah I absolutely love that. And I like that you've mentioned like the guilt thing because we do feel guilt for it sometimes. Firstly, I just want to find a service that like puts the groceries away for me. I've noticed it myself like with my flatmate at my house. So every week we like alternate cleaning the bathrooms and every single day I look at the bathroom, the week it's my turn to clean and I'm like, I need to clean this on Sunday. I need to clean this on Sunday. And every single day, it's like, it's top of my mind. It's something I think about. I like look at it and I'm like stressed. I'm like, should I be cleaning it today? And I can just imagine if I was someone that was outsourcing this, it's like, 
not only does it stop me from having to do the actual task, but it stops me from all the mental energy around it. So I can see why she's doing it. Yeah. I think the reason I wanted to chat about her and her career as well is because when we think about housekeepers and we think about nannies and we think about people getting their groceries delivered on a weekly basis, we think about like super rich people, celebrities, people like, you know, influencers who have like 10 kids and document all of that online. She is a healthcare worker that is using her money to save time, just like you can if this was something, if you think of cleaning or you think of grocery shopping as these huge tolling tasks, why not budget for it a little bit, you know? If someone's listening to this and going, okay, like the idea of spending money on saving up or freeing up my time is possible, but like what's the actual science behind it? Like give me facts and figures, like tell me how it all fits in together off the back of what Sonia mentioned. So it was a 2017 study and they looked at 6,000 people from the US, from Canada, from Denmark, the Netherlands, and they wanted to ask them their overall satisfaction with life. And they wanted to see how much they would be able to enjoy versus like purchasing some time off. So like physical things versus paying for time off. And they found it was like almost black and white. The people who were willing to swap funds for free time reported feeling more content. And this is the kicker. They reported feeling more content regardless of their income or how many hours they worked each week. So it's almost like saying, okay, you can be a high income earner or you could be an average income earner. You could work a lot of hours or not even work at all. But every single person in this group, if they could put I mean, I don't know how much like a cleaner costs, like $50 a week or $100 every fortnight to get their house cleaned. They were just more content and more happy. And it didn't come down to how busy they were or how much money they had. And then they were like, okay, this is starting to make sense. But what would happen if people just had autonomy regardless of the money? And so they followed up with a smaller experiment. They gave volunteers $40 to buy something for themselves and the same participants were given another $40 that was something that they could only spend on something that would save them time. So they have bought something physical. They have bought their material thing. They've like, what's the word, like scratch the itch to buy something nice. And now they have a little bit more money and they want to be told like, okay, just do something that will save you time. That could be, you know, having a cleaner. That could be paying for someone to get your groceries and actually put them away. And then when they compared which made people happier, which elevated people's moods and which elevated people's anxiety, buying time was more likely to do that than spending $40 on something that you enjoyed. Can you imagine that, like helping yourself, Sonia? For me personally, I actually like grocery shopping and cleaning and I have a lot of time. I work from home and I have a lot of time like during the day to pick up after myself and do those things. I don't think I'm in a high stress job and I don't think that those activities like take away from my time. Things that I do pay for are things like getting my nails done because I'm capable of buying like a set and doing it myself, but I cannot think of something worse to do like that. I wouldn't enjoy it. I would think it's a huge waste of time. It would take hours, whereas like I would spend maybe 40 45 minutes at the nail salon getting a mani pedi and they do everything and it's like an experience I'm chatting to someone 
it's also a part of self-care. Like for me, it's an activity that I want done, but it saves time. But I think someone listening will be like, Sonia, you're literally just treating yourself. But I like doing the activities that you would think. I feel like now we're at a point like delivering your groceries and like hiring a housekeeper. We're at a point of like, that makes sense. Like do it to save your time. Whereas like anything else is just like, oh, I'm single. I'm 27. I don't have kids. I can do this. Okay. <laughs> I can clean my house. I think that's so interesting. And it goes to show like people are going to have different things that they want to save time on. Because for me, I am the complete opposite. Like I don't like going to the grocery store. I'm like, I've probably got as much free time as you. I don't like going and like putting my groceries away. I don't like cleaning, but I love sitting down and doing my nails. And it's like a two hour experiment for me. Like I have my own nail remover. I've got the little like sandpaper thing now that like goes and it like takes my nail polish off and I just make like a two hour ordeal of it. But it just goes to show like you can find what you like and still outsource the things you don't. But that kind of leads to the next point that someone might be thinking around, well, I want to spend my money on things. Things make me happy. And I don't know. I think there's something to be said about that. I was the exact same, to be honest with you. If you've been listening to us for a while and if you've been following us for a while, you'll know that I did a low buy year a few years back. We've documented it. You can go back and listen to the episodes. We even put it on like our Instagram as well. And the whole, like the main idea of that was to figure out what I value in terms of material things or as it experiences. And for me, it is like treating myself and experiences, which is why I've kind of worked through my impulse spending of like materialistic items that I don't need. There's a book that Elizabeth Dunn and Michael Norton have written. It's a great book. It's called Happy Money, The Science of Happiest Spending. And in the book, they go through the science of spending, explaining how you can get more happiness for your money. And there's a lot of really fascinating research that they've done. I'm not going to sit here and read you every single thing that they've researched. I'll put the title in the show notes and you can go purchase that book if you'd like. But one of the main things that I took away from it was that People who spend money on time-saving purchases, they reported higher levels of happiness compared to those who didn't. And with the examples that they use in the research and how they've like explained why that is, as some said, like income had nothing to do with it. These are people that made at least $12,000 a year and more. They did take the time to research a whole bunch of people with different income levels, backgrounds, all of that. So I feel like that in itself is telling. I feel like when you think about people who are spending their money on saving time, again, I'll link back to what I said before around you think that they're making like 200k a year, 300k a year. They're not. They're quote-unquote everyday normal people living ordinary lives, like doing these things that what I think is empowering that they don't feel guilty about, that they continuously use these services and they're unapologetic about it because I feel like there is a big movement around like the off-grid, living on a mountain, DIY, doing it everything yourself, like buying a hundred things off 
like Amazon or like going to Michael's and getting a whole bunch of jewelry stuff just to make your own jewelry. If you enjoy that as a hobby, then do it. But I get so irrationally angry when I see like a three minute video on like, hey, this is how you can save $5, but then you spend like five hours. You have to give up more time to like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, I'm angry just thinking about it. It's like the mindset I used to have, especially in 2020 when I was trying to save up to buy a house. And honestly, for anyone that knew me during that period, I just apologize. Like, I'm so sorry for the person I was. It was so skimpy. Is skimpy the right word? Frugal. Just like you said, like, let me spend three hours to save $12. Like, rather than just going and buying the thing I need, let me just like drive around the streets of my neighborhood to see if someone's like got a desk sitting outside that they don't want anymore that they're like leaving out for me. Like it was just, it was dumb. I mean, I feel like you had to go through it to know what you know now. That's very kind. That's the kindest way you could put that. (laughs) Now, I guess the counter argument to this, because I think it's worth having a balanced view because I think like for me, it was such a journey and a process and I haven't done a lot of these things, but I'm trying to warm myself up. I think half of this episode is for my own like convincing, but like I have friends that don't necessarily have really high paying jobs, but they have people that come and clean their home because they're quite time poor. And the more people I meet that are like this, the more I'm like, why can't I do this? Or why is this so wrong? And I mean, I'm not at the stage yet, but I have friends that have full-time like personal assistants and the difference between like an executive assistant is someone that, you know, helps around with the business and detail, but someone that's a personal assistant would help around with like everyday tasks that could be like, hey, my family and I want to go away. Could you help us book like a holiday or could you do this or could you do that? And that might work really well for someone, but There's going to be people where this just does not work. And I wanted to kind of highlight three examples. I think the first is cultural differences. In some cultures, like if we assumed everyone would love this, that would be quite insensitive. In some cultures, especially in the South Asian culture that we have, there is a pride associated with being a hard worker. There is a pride associated with doing things yourself. And it's almost shameful to say, oh, yeah, someone comes and cleans my house. Oh, yeah, someone cooks for me. Someone else does this. And as Sonia's mentioned, sometimes we like doing these things ourselves and that kind of comes into the second counter argument, which is the loss of independence. I love doing certain things for me because like it's a way of reminding myself that I can still do things. And for me, that is driving. I love driving. I will go and drive and get my groceries because I enjoy that, but I don't necessarily want to go through the grocery store and pick everything out. And so I've learned to do like a click and collect, for example, it just saves me a little bit of time. It's not that much costly. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone. And the best part, there's no additional hardware required. 
Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. And then the third issue that people run into is well, can you even afford to buy time? Maybe step one, if you want to do this, but you don't have the money, maybe step one is upskilling or doing things on the side or getting to a place where you do have a spare $50 a week or $100 a month, where you then can start to outsource. I have a story that I always think about. There's a famous, she's like an Olympic gold medalist that I was having a chat with and she was explaining how in her culture, it's just not normal to have nannies. It's just weird. And she's got this nanny because she's a single mother. She's busy. She's retired from her sport. But she was saying that with her family, they see this woman that travels around with her and her children all the time. And her family just think that's her best friend. They're like, oh, like, is your bestie coming to like Italy with you this year? And she's like, do I even correct them and tell them that this is a nanny that takes care of my children? That's like almost too weird. So she just kind of rolls with it. And she's like, yeah, my bestie's coming. I think... From a cultural perspective, it's because you usually have a big community around you. Like cultures that come from a, it takes a village. You've got someone that looks after the kids and not just your kids. It might be like your cousins and, you know, neighborhood kids. And it's a real communal feel. But I feel like not everyone has that. And the people that don't, that's where they go. Because they're not going to inconvenience, like maybe their parents are working 24-7 as well. Like, you know, just why would your parents want to look after your kids? Whereas my family would be mortified if I hired a nanny. My mom would be like, I'm quitting my job right now. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Do you remember when we were like five years old and then I would go to your house after school because my parents like had different working hours and so my parents would just be like oh yeah you can go to Sonia's house and Sonia's mum would like make us food and I'd always ask for noodles even though Sonia hated them but I was like but I like them yeah my mum when she first was in New Zealand was at childcare, so like she finished the same time as us and it was just oh I think back on that time and I'm just like mom you're just someone in her 30s like immigrating to a new country and it makes me like sad and I'd throw like the biggest tantrum I was five but like I would throw like the biggest tantrum of what she was cooking or like I wanted this and I wanted that and I'm just like oh I wish I could go back and hug you so hard but you're just kids you know you're just kids like five-year-olds you're not a 27 year old being like mother I hate your dosa and sa but that's not what's happening (laughs) Anyways, that's a topic for a different day. We're going to be going into immigrant child guilt in another episode. We go through it in every single episode. (laughs) I feel like people just skip past it. It's fine. I'm like blushing. I'm going red because we actually do talk about it every single time. If someone is listening and they're like, okay, I hear you. You've convinced me. It sounds like it is true that, you know, if you want to be happier, maybe I should be saving time by like putting a little bit of money towards things how would someone make that shift I think once you 
eliminate what you quote unquote should be doing, everything becomes a little bit clearer. Like don't look at other people who might have like the same job as you or is the same age as you, but they've got completely different circumstances and responsibilities that you can't see. And you're like, hmm, maybe I should do that. But if going to the grocery store and looking at, you know, the cheeses and the different dips and like all of that stuff that they have, maybe going to a fancy grocery store because that's what you enjoy, then do it. Like if you enjoy cleaning your house, then do it. That's not what we're saying. I feel like the cleaning and the grocery shopping, I feel like it's very easy to relate to no matter where you're living. Like you can Mm. understand how much time you're saving if you use that service. But a few other ideas that I want to chuck out there is one is car maintenance, like taking your car for maintenance. Some people do it themselves. Some people have kind of like a pride thing that they're like, I'm not going to a mechanic. Like, are you kidding me? And they spend hours and hours and hours looking at their car. And I'm like, okay, see, I'm not that type of girl. You could tell me anything at the car dealership and I'll be like, okay. Or I'll be like, (laughs) hi dad, is this real? Or he does it for me. And that's something that he enjoys and that's fine. (laughs) Other people could use instead of having like a cleaner maybe you don't have the money to fork out on like a housekeeper but you can get a robot vacuum cleaner that will vacuum for you yeah that's going to be cheaper you'll probably vacuum a little bit more you're not thinking about it you can be working from home and having this little thing clean and vacuum your house especially if you have like pets and stuff there are laundry services if you hate doing your washing go and do that. I've seen a lot of people talk about how they pay a little bit more in rent to live closer, like in a city or closer to work. So they don't have to spend time and money on a commute. Some of these people can still work from home, but they like the separation of like an office and home environment. So they're commuting a little bit more. Again, that's what works for them. If you have a fully remote or hybrid job, and you only have to go on once or twice a week. Obviously, I'm not talking about you and you don't need to do that. Another thing is lawn care. If you really enjoy mowing the lawn and gardening, that's great. Some other people don't enjoy those things. So they hire a gardener, they hire a kid to mow their lawns and that gives them extra money. Like there's just so many services, especially if you own like a house that you can pay (laughs) for people to do. It's just... Yeah, I think it's assessing your life. If you do want to save more time, just writing out things that stress you. And it could be the silliest thing ever. I swear someone will do it for you if you pay them appropriately. I used to pay this kid, I think it was like $40 an hour to mow my lawn. And I told my colleague about it and he was like, $40 an hour? I'll come and do it for 30 I was like, you cannot be undercutting this child. Like that is not okay. It's like probably 40 a week that he gets. <laughs> Like 40 an hour, girl. Mows <laughs> the lawn like once a month. Let him have it. Let him have it. And he became such like a lawn elitist. He was like, he doesn't even cut the corners the way it should be. I was like, he's 12. I don't look at my lawns. And it's quite embarrassing because you have seen the lawns in my house when I was in Hamilton and it's not a big lawn. Probably takes like 10 minutes, but I just, I didn't want to do it. And the time associated to go out and find a good lawnmower, then have it in my shed, plug it in. I know this sounds so like, that's not that hard. But to me, it's hard. My value is I don't want a lawn mow because I used to do it all the time as a kid in my house. I hated it. It wasn't fun. And 
just hire out the things that you don't like. What I'm going to do off the back of this episode, because it's really inspired me, is I'm going to spend this week writing down the things that I'm doing domestically that are annoying to me. Like if I'm mowing my lawn or if I'm like, oh my God, I'm still scrubbing the toilet. I do not want to do this. I'm going to then work out what it costs to get these things taken care of. And then I'm going to see if I can like justify it. Because look, if something is $40 a month for a lawnmower, is that really going to break my bank? Probably not. And yet I've just been like holding on to this idea, very like culturally stuck in this idea of like, there should be pride in doing the work yourself. Yeah, I feel like one of the cons of our culture is that people wear their sacrifice like a badge on their chest. Like, I've sacrificed this much. This is how much I'm suffering. Like, what do you do? It's just, we don't need to live like that anymore, okay? And I think a lot of us need to unlearn this work ethic and suffer and shame all of that like there's so many degrees to it and we could talk about it forever but I'm just like you don't get more brownie points because you work 100 hours a week and you're still cleaning your home and I'm choosing to hire out a cleaner you know a hundred percent I think if we were to summarize the episode that's probably a really good place to wrap it up there is so many interesting studies that show that we'll actually it might really be worth hiring out things. I mean, the amazing work done by Ashley from the Harvard Business School, like being so intent with showing that with thousands of people from around the world, you are able to free up your time, sort of diving into why we prioritize material goods over time over the other things and trying to unlearn that. We've discussed the counter arguments of why you might be holding back from spending money, why you might have associations with, well, maybe I need to earn a lot to do this. Maybe I need to be making 200K a year to even be allowed to do this. And making that shift might not be as difficult as you think. I have to ask you a question. If you could hire out one thing that you haven't done already, what would it be? I think the thing that takes me the longest is recycling properly. Like if I could hire someone to go through my recycling and sort it out for me, do the boxes, like all of that, I would be eternally grateful because that takes me the longest time because I don't have a system in place that sorts it out already. We just have a recycling bin <laughs> and then we like go downstairs and like do it ourselves and it's just like you separate everything out because they have bins downstairs. I live in an apartment building, okay? I don't have my own bins, but it does take me a fair bit of time, especially because I want to do recycling correctly. But everything else I can do. Mm. In fact, when I go home and I'm like, I have so much free time, I'm just going to clean people's houses, my friends and family, because I feel like that was my love language, like doing acts of service for other people, like my auntie and uncle who have like three kids or like a lot of my friends have babies now. (laughs) Like, hey, either let me take care of your baby or I can do all of the stuff for you while you spend quality time with your child and you can relax. Like I'm going to be that person, but I do it for free. So Sonia would come over and like literally clean the bins, like clear out the bins of my house. And I used to get so embarrassed by it. I'd clean the whole house for you. She'd clean the whole house for me. And I was like, this is so nice. And I started doing it for other people. You'll be so proud of me. I was at someone's house the other day and I woke up before them and I was like, I'm just going to do the dishes. 
Let her wake up to a clean house. Yeah. We're like doing the opposite of what we've just preached the entire episode. We're like, do less work. And then we're like, but clean other people's homes on top of it. That's just us being good guests. <laughs> I remember we did an interview once and I cleaned my mug and she was so shocked that I did that. And I was like, no, you need to give more context. We were at an interviewer's house. Sonia goes to this interviewer's kitchen and starts cleaning. This person is interviewing us for like Radio New Zealand. Like it's a big deal. And Sonia's like, well, you've got a mug. I've got hands. I can do this for you. Save you time. Yeah, but I don't understand why that's a big deal. It's just like polite to me, you know? It is. Some people don't have manners. <laughs> like, at least let me offer. And if you're going to do the whole tug of war, I'm like, no, you don't have to do it. We'll do that a few times and then I won't do it. Like, I'm not going to just not do it. That's true. Where were these people raised? Oh, oh my God. Okay. Not her. <laughs> Sorry. I should clarify. Sorry. Not the interviewer. I didn't come across that way. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank God. I just mean other people. <laughs> okay. So... The next time I'm over, I will be cleaning a little bit more because I don't want you to think I've been, like, raised poorly. Yeah, but then I get annoyed with the way that others clean my house sometimes. Do you guys hear the issue I'm dealing with here? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm sorry. No, that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, if you have been inspired to outsource things, let us know. We would love to hear it. Take a screenshot, tag us at Girls That Invest on your Instagram story or share this episode with a friend that could maybe do with outsourcing a few of his or her tasks. And we'll see you next week. Until next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.